Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Um, I, I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Johnny Cooper, who is the owner and founder of Johnny Hates Marketing. I absolutely love this name. His website is johnnyhatesmarketing.com. Johnny, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here, Jen. Real privilege. Yeah, I just really already enjoyed our conversation offline. Um, you just seem like a really easygoing person to talk to. And I know that has a lot to do with your own strategies of hating marketing and going the alternative route. So I just want to go ahead and talk about just the name of your company, first of all, Johnny Hates Marketing. Can you tell me more about that? It came up by accident, really. Uh, I was on a, a podcast uh, about three years ago with a, a Canadian host, mm -hmm. and uh, we were talking about crummy marketing ideas, you know, rubbish <laughs> marketing ideas. And um, we picked up on a couple of experiences we'd had recently um, mm -hmm. with kind of, you know, um, some of these kind of sleazy American marketers. Sorry, you Americans. I, I don't mean to. <laughs> I don't no want to tie you all with that brush, but you get the idea. And uh, we, we, I, I'd been pitched by, by two guys from two separate companies on on, on opposite coasts of the States. Mm -hmm. Same pitch, you know, the same title stuff, $10,000. And, oh, okay, you know, if you'd be willing to be a case study, we can drop it to six and all that kind mm. of nonsense. So we're talking about that. And, and he said, um, Johnny, I don't think you really like marketing, do you? I said, oh, not really. And he said, spoiler <laughs> alert, Johnny. Hates marketing. I just went, uh, say that again. That sounded really good. <laughs> and within a few weeks, I'd literally, you know, rebranded all my stuff, uh, with, with those glorious three words. And, um, the, the reason it really works so well, Jen, I think, is that, you know, the, my, my playground, which is, you know, coaches and therapists and consultants and mm -hmm. other, other kind of online experts. Um, they all pretty much hate marketing too. <laughs> they would rather that the clients were just lining up around the block to, to work with them and they could get on with their zone of genius, which is, you know, delivering the change. Yeah. So it really kind of resonates and people join my group. By the way, my Facebook group is called Johnny S Marketing on, on Facebook. Um, people join the group and say, you know, I love the name. I hate marketing too, you know, can we be friends? This kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that was serendipitous. I can't lay claim to inventing it, although I definitely mm -hmm. picked it up and ran with it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit here about uh, how you describe or how you mentioned earlier, sleazy, uh, sleazy American marketers. So from your perspective, because I'm always curious, I am an I'm American. I'm going, going down a very black rabbit hole here, aren't I? I can see this. <laughs> no. Trust me, I don't take it personally. I'm more so curious um, because, you know, it, it, at least in America, we use the common phrase of use car salesmen, you know, for yeah. someone who is sleazy and stuff like that. Yeah. But how would you describe a, a sleazy American marketer? Well, the, the warning signs for me are things like, you know, the countdown timer, mm. cart, cart closes at midnight forever kind of thing. And then mm. then you look at it the next day and it's counting down again, you know, for another day. And that kind of So the, yeah. the, this kind of horrible spammy disingenuous stuff which is just there to to twist your arm into pie with money you know and this kind of thing yeah um and we, we've got to be so careful don't we because you know th th there are 
offers coming at us at warp speed through mm-hmm. throughout every single working day, you know, in our news feed, in our ads feed, uh, anywhere and everywhere, people can grab hold of us and try and sell us something. Mm-hmm. And my, my antithesis of that in, in our business is that because I'm working with coaches and therapists, many of whom are, you know, kind of quite sensitive souls, you know, yeah. heart-centered entrepreneurs, as you might mm-hmm. call them, um, they're quite susceptible to all that, you know. And I, and I want to say to them, look, you know, let's just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Instead of me trying to flog you something, let's jump on a quick call, have a virtual coffee, see if I can share any insights. And then if it appears I might be able to help you, you know, I might talk about how we can do that. So yeah. it's about being gentle and kind and empathetic to people rather than just kind of slamming stuff in their faces and trying to make this offer you can't refuse kind of thing that often draws people in. And, uh, you know, it, it works to some extent, that kind of marketing. This is the something about it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I regularly talk with people who say, I wish I could join your program, but I'm still paying off this other thing you know, mm. that cost me $12,000 or $8,000 and I got nothing out of it, you know. So I want to try and, I, I, I can't heal the world, you know. I, I can't say 100% of the time um, my programs work with everybody. Of course, that would be foolish, wouldn't it? Nobody mm-hmm. would believe that. But um, I, I, th- I think I'm just, just just trying to be a little bit more straight down the line with the stuff and, and only offering it where it's appropriate rather than trying to hammer it in irrespective just to make some money, you know. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. You know, I think coming out of the industrial age when consumerism started to be a huge thing uh, in America, uh, there's there's that constant, um, you know, just marketing and advertising being pushed to buy and buy and buy. And so I think yeah. maybe part of that, um, I think part of the sleaziness of, um, let's say, American marketers in this case, um, come, maybe come from that generation of like, oh, I got a, I got a hard sell. It's so noisy out there. I got to get in front of them. I got to give them that, um, yeah. you know, sense of urgency, fear of loss, FOMO syndrome, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but I really like your approach with, um, you know, helping coaches and therapists because, like you said, there there are a lot of um, businesses out there that are actually more heart centered uh, than anything. Uh, I, I think mm-hmm. maybe the generation has, I, I think in this generation, it's more about, uh, like you said, let's just have a conversation and let's see mm. uh, if that goes anywhere. And so I'm curious if sort of my thesis, uh, you know, made sense or something that you can uh, agree to. No, I, I, absolutely. I do agree. And, um, you know, it's also useful to remind yourself that um, endless conversations uh, on demand uh, with anybody who pops up uh, is fundamentally unscalable. In fact, um, some, some friends of ours who run, uh, run many workshops very successfully, uh, Jason and Sarah, they call them unscalable conversations deliberately. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they shy away from it. It just means they're, they're uh, more selective about who they schedule conversations with. Just people that they really, really want to help, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's okay to, you know, automate your business and, you know, push out courses that are genuinely of value and genuinely going to be useful to the people looking at them. And then on the back of that, you know, offer this concept of an unscalable conversation for people who just need a bit more insight, a bit more help, you know, a bit more, a bit of a hand up the ladder kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, going back to what you mentioned with uh, how you like to be gentle and kind and just focus on having a conversation. um, You know, that's not easy for a lot of people. I think. And, and would you mind maybe sharing some 
ways for people who maybe don't know how to just start a conversation with someone without maybe any expectation that you're going to yeah. get a sale from them? Do you know what? You, you've hit the nail on the head. And I, I love that. Uh, we, we call it outcome detachment. Mm. So that you, you enter a conversation without any expectation of either making a sale or not. Mm-hmm. In other words, it, it's 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 neutral to you. You know, if you, if you have conversations on a regular basis, you're going to make some sales. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you're going to make a sale to the next person that you're on a conversation with. So mm-hmm. therefore, t- to either assume you are or to fear that you're not is is wrong either way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if it's helpful, um, the, the way I frame this is there's only two outcomes to a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know, in terms of the sales process. Um, one is neutral, that you end the conversation the same as you started. Hmm. You didn't make the sale. However, um, you probably learned a bit. So it's a bit better than neutral, isn't it? Because every hmm. conversation you learn a little bit more about your own offer, your own product and, and your clients. And the, the other outcome then is, is entirely positive, isn't it? Where they, they make the leap over the wall into your world and they become a paying client. You open the relationship. So you're not closing a sale, you're opening a relationship, aren't you, with, with a paying client? So if you think, well, there's no possible negative outcome, you can't lose a sale because you didn't have it in the first place. Uh, it's only ever neutral or positive, isn't it? And therefore, you can just open a conversation with with an open heart, with with joy and and curiosity. You know, where's this going to lead me? Mm-hmm. What might happen if I had a conversation with this person? And that's so much a better question to ask than what if I don't make this sale? Yeah. Because that's just going to screw you up forever, isn't it? Yeah. I, I really like that mindset. And I'm curious if that maybe um, eventually prevents people from feeling like saying, uh, I've had all these conversations. I'm trying to have an open heart, open mind. Mm-hmm. I'm networking, but still, like, it's not working. Like, I'm still not getting any outcome. Um, yeah. Do you have clients that tend to come across like that or, or face that issue? Well, very much so. I mean, that, that, that's what everyone faces to start with. And here's what you've got to realize, Jen, that, that selling, uh, is innate in us from birth. Mm. Um, you know, babies are very good at selling the idea that they're hungry, for example. Right. <laughs> or that their diaper needs changing. Yeah. That's an irresistible sales proposition because we run to them and do it, don't we? Yeah. However, but by, by the time we get to seven or eight, we become domesticated and, the the art of selling slips away and we have to learn it again if we're going to be successful. So the proper my proposition is this that that selling is a learned skill. Mm. Uh, which pretty much anyone can learn, provided you clear a few bits of mind trash out of the way. Uh it's a process, you know, there are things to do in a certain order that work better than others. So that that that's the first thing that any anybody can learn to sell. Mm-hmm. And if you say I'm rubbish at sales, just reframe that to say, do you know what? I, I haven't learned all I need to learn yet about making sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet being the operative word. So we, so we can help you with that. Um, the other thing I think that uh, stops people being successful in sales, well, there's two strands. Once you've learned the concept of selling, if you're not making successful sales regularly, mm-hmm. you either have an offer problem or an audience mm-hmm. problem or both. Mm-hmm. You're either speaking to the wrong people mm. or you're offering the right people the wrong solution or, 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 or a horrible mess of both. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we've got, to, we've got to put these fundamentals in place, you know, a deep understanding of what it is you do, what your offer is mm-hmm. and, and who it's for. 
th- th- those you might call your your niches or niches, as you say in the states. Uh, yeah. Incorrectly, by the way, it's a French word. It's pronounced niche. Right? I always wondered. <laughs> I either say niche it's not or niche. niche. <laughs> it's niche. It's a French word. The French we say, "What is your niche?" Right. <laughs> that was a terrible French accent. Sounded more Pakistani, Rob. <laughs> but anyway, um, so these two niches: the outcome niche, what it is you actually do, mm-hmm. and then who it's for, the client avatar. You need both those niches in place, and if they are, sales almost becomes an a, a, a foregone conclusion because you're going to be talking to the right people mm-hmm. about the right solution and they're going to go how much is it johnny how do i get on board you know mm-hmm. you only have to hard sell if you're either talking to someone who doesn't want it or has no use for it or if the thing you're trying to sell is fundamentally useless or, or low value you know yeah so with those niches ticked off Selling isn't really necessary. You just got to talk to people about it and they'll go, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Where do I sign? Does that make sense? I like that. It's like, you know, building that foundation first uh, Mm. and then just talking to people. And if if you're not seeing any results, maybe just reevaluating your foundation and then going back out there again. (laughs) And it's interesting as well that um, the reason for lack of sales is very, very rarely about price. Mm. Um, Unless you're dramatically too cheap. Because mm. the person you're talking to is going to think, well, it can't be any good if it's that cheap. Mm. You know, it's too good to be true. Um, very, very few sales are lost because you're too expensive. That very rarely happens, particularly if you're creative with financing and payment plans and things. So that's just a, I just wanted to add that in there that you know, anybody listening to this thinks, you know, I can't ask that kind of money for what I do. Well, of course you can. You know, mm. it, it's rarely about price. It, it's about, a non-fit, either the wrong people or the wrong offer. You know? Yeah. You know, we yeah. think about, I, when I think about, I think when people are trying to, um, when they really think about what they want to purchase, um, it's usually probably something that should be a benefit for them, but they don't think twice about um, things that just like, they want to buy an iPhone, they want to upgrade their oh, yeah. iPhone. You know, like, it's like, we don't think twice about things that we just kind of, uh, it feels non-negotiable or normal for us to well, buy. No, isn't, isn't it bizarre? You know, the, the, yeah. the, 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 the poor therapist who says, you know, the lady I was talking to had no money. You know, mm. she looked at me through her iPhone 12 Pro. You know. <laughs> it's, it's bonkers, isn't it? It's bonkers. It's it's about priorities rather than, rather than lack of money. The interesting thing about money, I think, is that it's an infinite resource. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be contrasted with your time, which is anything but. It's a finite resource, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So therefore your your time is worth infinitely more more than money ever is. And um I remember saying to someone the other day, you know, that if you don't believe money is infinite, just think about what you're gonna eat next week. And he mm-hmm. went, What do you mean? Well, you'll go to the grocery store, you know, with with 150 bucks to spend. Mm-hmm. It's not the same 150 bucks you spent this week, is it? It's a new 150 bucks that's come from somewhere. So mm-hmm. money is infinite. It's always replenishing. It's always circulating. And when people say, I ain't got no money, what they're actually saying is, you haven't convinced me that your offer is worth spending this money on. Right. That that first um, response of I don't have any money is usually just a surface level excuse. Yeah. And I think it's up to the person um, that's trying to sell or soft sell or have open a conversation or yeah. open a relationship, as you I, say, I to dig deeper. I, I think it's deeper than an excuse. You know, people do make excuses, um, but often it's just a uh, 
it's just a like you say a surface level response what they really mean is no 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 deal mate you know mm. uh, you haven't convinced me <laughs> right right Johnny, can you give me an example of whether it's a client you've worked with lately or maybe your favorite client um, of all time that uh, you were able to work with and sort of see this transformation of someone feeling like they were afraid to do sales to now it's just about opening the conversation, opening the relationship with someone? Oh, do you know what? Um, Numerous, really. Um, Mm -hmm. On on our program, the Client Attraction Blueprint, we have a regular monthly intake. It's just a rolling intake, effectively. It lasts for 12 weeks. Mm. And we take four people on each month, and we've had a a sold-out monthly intake since March 2018. Wow. So I've... I've supported over 170 coaches and therapists through that program. Wow. Um, I think we have an interesting story, which in addition to the transformation, we'll we'll talk about the idea of niching um, in in terms of a client avatar. So this lady is a lot of them are NLP practitioner, Mm. hypnotherapist, you know, very skilled. Uh, You get kind of master practitioner certificates, you know, in both those, those fields. And you get really good at what you're doing. So you really can make a difference. Mm-hmm. The trouble with those is the, the the vagueness of the offering. If you're a hypnotherapist, mm-hmm. you can pretty much help anybody, can't you, with any kind of mindset blocks over anxiety or phobias and all this kind of stuff. So what we what we did when we when we worked with Max, we said, look, you're not getting anywhere because you're trying to appeal to everyone and therefore you'll appeal to no one, as you as I'm sure you know, Jim. I'm sure mm-hmm. you, your listeners are aware of that mm-hmm. concept, you know. Too wide means means broke, doesn't it, usually? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I dug into her psyche and found out what she was interested in, what her hobbies were, what her passions were. Turns out she's a, a canine competitor. This means that she has a pedigree dog. Wow. And she goes to the dog shows and she runs around. You know, and, mm-hmm. and the dog goes through tunnels and jumps. You've probably seen it on TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to watch those when uh, I was younger. <laughs> they yeah, were so she, fascinating she, to watch. <laughs> now, she also hangs out with equestrian complex. She likes horses, although she doesn't compete herself. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what about those people? What do they What do they need that you could provide? And she said, oh, they're already screwed up. Mm-hmm. She didn't say screwed up. She was more <laughs> forthright than that. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've all got this head trash because they're all um, feel they're not good enough. So they've got performance anxiety, mm. imposter syndrome in spades. And yet they're investing loads of money. Um, she alarmed me, actually. Do you know you can, you can pay like 10,000 bucks for a dog? I didn't know that. For a pedigree hound, wow. the horses don't get me started. You can pay two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a, a horse, a show jumping horse, right? So these people are not poor, mm-hmm. and yet they're all stressed to hell. They're all anxious. They're you know underconfident. All the rest of it. So why do you work with them? She said, well, that's a good idea. She said, I've actually had a couple of clients who were show jumpers, you know, female competitors, mm-hmm. and we did really well. They started winning trophies. I said, there you go. So we sent her off on that path. Within a few weeks, she's now preeminent in that niche. She's got horse riders coming to her like crazy. Mm. The effect of that is twofold, Jen. Firstly, that now she doesn't have to worry about casting this wide net and taking on anybody who she might be able to help. Right. But secondly, whoa, how much is she earning? Her annual program, now her annual engagement is $50,000. Wow. And before she landed on this, she was scratching around for... 50 bucks an hour, 70 bucks an hour, just like any other life coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this story tells you about the power of niching. 
Mm-hmm. But also the power of just looking inwards to your passions. What are you interested in? What kind of people do you really gel with? Yeah. Because I think your ideal client should be somebody, not just who you can really help, but somebody you really want to help. Yeah. Somebody for, for whom you feel like, you know what? I really love working with you. Mm-hmm. And she's out in the world. She, you know, when the pandemic lifts, she'll be going to horse shows and dog shows, just chatting to people, picking up clients left, right and center. You know, I, I said to her, you know, the best person to actually land as a client is the person who's just come second in the competition. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just talk to them. Say, how would it be to be standing on that top step? Let's have a chat. Let's <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? So it just shows how, how easy it can be once you start, you know, framing your business as something that has to be enjoyable and really connected with your soul and your passion and all the rest of it. Yeah. And for God's sake, you know, pick a lucrative niche. There's mm-hmm. no point in bumping along the bottom working with people who can't afford to pay anything or always going to have a price objection. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's be as lavish as we can. Answer the question, who are the wealthiest kind of people who benefit from what I do? That's a great question to ask, isn't it? Wow. Ooh, and on that note, Johnny, um, yeah. I feel like that is something worth processing. <laughs> okay. Ideas worth processing. There yeah, I know. It's, it's beautiful. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, all you, all good things eventually have to come to an end. So, you know, Johnny, I want to thank you again for being on the show. Please, any closing thoughts before we go? Yeah, I think get really specific on who your ideal client is. Um, the vagueness virus um, predated the current pandemic by uh, many, many decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not clear on what you're going to be doing and who it's for, you're going to be floundering forever and you're going to be a broke coach. So mm-hmm. we don't want that, do we? No, not at all. Johnny Cooper, it's been such a pleasure talking with you today. Thanks again Thank for you. joining us here on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Thanks for having me on. It's been wonderful. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Johnny Cooper, who is the owner and founder of Johnny Hates Marketing. You can learn more about him and his company at johnnyhatesmarketing.com. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're gonna promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. 
Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.